The Forum at 8 with Polani Gwala. Seven minutes after eight here on AM Live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Oh, my SMS line is really, really inundated. SMSs about the private landing of the Gupta's aircraft at the Vatrkov Air Force Base. A lot of people wanting to comment on this. I'm just going to read these SMSs and then we change tune so that uh, uh, we move on and talk about what's uh, uh, our forum discussion today about May Day, the state of labor in this country and so on. But uh, some of the SMSs. Uh, Bimbata and Bangan, for instance, says Mandashi is playing with us. They got permission from the ANC and we are ruled by the Guptas. And there's also another one. Is anyone worrying about the plight of the pensioners? That's uh, something totally different. Unfortunately, uh, Chief Zuma, the president, has got passion for uh, the Guptas. Uh, says an SMS. There's also another one that says the only person living in rarefied air who could approve Gupta flight is Zuma. God help South Africa if we ever get invaded. That SMS from Nelspreet. I think we're not supposed to be shocked by the private plane landing at Vatrakluf Air Force Base. WB Yates' uh, poem clearly, clearly summarizes uh, where we are as the country. It says things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed. Uh, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned, the best lack all conviction, why are full of passionate intensity? While are full of passionate intensity, surely some revelation is at hand. Uh, could this be that the deal of a fast jet in which Zuma's son is involved would land at Vatraklov? The country is burning because of blunders of leadership. That's Mano on SMS. Uh, um, a whole lot of others. I was just giving a sense of what people are saying. We're going to move on then and talk about today, talk about the state of labor in this country. May Day, that's what it is today. Uh, of course a day that looks at the workers' rights, but also looks at the the issues of organization, labor organization um, all over the world, including here in South Africa. And we take this opportunity then to look at some of these matters. Let me welcome some of my, some of my guests on the line here. Let me start with uh, Mr. Terry Bell, who's a labor analyst. Mr. Bell, good morning. And uh, thanks for the opportunity to send Mayday greetings to all your worker listeners. No, thank you very much. The employed and the unemployed. Sure, certainly, because there's a lot of SMSs. A lot of SMSs are coming through about uh, the the significance of the day to the unemployed. So you'll talk about that in a minute, Mr. Bell. Uh, Professor Adam Habib is the Vice Chancellor at the University of Bits University. Professor Habib, nice talking to you. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Thank you. James Mutlatsi is the first president of the National uh, Union of Mine Workers, the former president there. Uh, a very good morning to you, Mr. Mutlatsi. Good morning. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time this morning there as well. Perhaps I should start with uh, Professor Habib. Um, some people tend to look at the state of labor in this country using the Marikana perhaps as a point of departure. And they talk of something called post-Marikana uh, labor dispensation. Uh, how do you describe uh, the state of uh, the unions in particular in this country right now? Well, I think that the unions are in crisis. Firstly, let me say I think that the unions are very, very important. I think for workers to realize their rights, for us to get a developmental, inclusive developmental agenda in South Africa, unions need to exist and they need to play a fairly important role in engagement with employers and engagement with the state. Having said that, I do think that unions are in particular crisis, and I think Marikane was the symbolism of that crisis. I think what Marikane showed is not was the only a tragedy with regards to the massacre, but also that union officials themselves had become quite delegitimized in that particular context. Officials of the National Union of Mine Workers, uh, clearly questions were being raised about them. Workers were suggesting that they did not adequately represent their interests. There were all kinds of questions associated with the union and union officials and previous union officials. And I think in that context, Marikane symbolized a crisis for union officialdom. And I think that that's, it wasn't simply under Rustenberg platinum belt, but I think it's begun to emerge in other sectors of the economy as well. But what is this crisis? Is, is it the crisis of relevance? I don't think it's a crisis of relevance. I think it's a crisis of legitimacy. Workers in many areas feel that Unions do not necessarily represent the interests, or union officials have not sufficiently represented the interests, that they cut deals with employers, that a union leadership are beginning to live a lifestyle and live, uh, have an, a, a remuneration and a, and a lifestyle that is very different from workers, uh, and that is very different from 10, 15 years ago. I think that there is a question around 
the tripartite alliance and whether unions are particularly being influenced by political considerations, sometimes to the exclusion of the interests of workers themselves. I think all of that has created uh, a legitimacy crisis for the union movement, and that's where I think uh, uh, solutions need to be addressed. Again, some prof may, may argue that uh, things are being blown out of proportion and that that may have, uh, have happened in, in the platinum belt in Rustenburg, but perhaps there are no examples of it happening elsewhere. Well, I think that if you do look at research, research is showing that there are a whole series of unions ap- appearing all over the place in many, many sectors. I think that the platinum belt is the most explosive uh, uh, symbolism of, of, this, of this new union tension and this, and, and, and this legitimacy crisis. But I don't think it's the only one, and I think that there is a, a range of research that indicates this. I think that there are people in the union movement who find this very difficult to come to terms with. But the, but the simple fact is I think if, the, if COSATU and the union federations do not come to terms with this, and they simply see this as part of a conspiracy crisis, then I think that in the long term they're going to suffer. I think they have to recognize that there is a problem. I think people within the union movement are beginning to recognize that, and that is why you have people like Zwillin Zima Vavi raising the kinds of issues that they are in the General Secretary's report. All right. Then let me bring in Mr. Bell. Then do you agree generally that there is a crisis, crisis of legitimacy, uh, that the unions are having to deal with at this time? Most definitely, and I, <clears throat> I think Adam Habib was perfectly correct there. However, I do think, you know, this is, you know, this will be held again as a celebration by many of the unions, and particularly the Kasati unions. I think that's a mistake. This May Day should be a time of reflection and to start to readjust and look okay, at what has actually happened. So he mentioned particularly, Adam Habib, the, the political uh, considerations influencing the unions. This is actually true. I mean, the point is we have the one small political, the smallest element of the um, alliance, the South African Communist Party, has an inordinate amount of influence within Kosatu, where most of the leadership of the major unions are members of the South African Communist Party. And I, I don't know if Adam would agree, but I mean, the party has a history of never allowing reality to, to interfere too much with its dogma. And that's one of the problems here. So I think, you know, we, unions are vital at the moment. They're still relevant. They're more important now, I think, than they've ever been. Because they provide the only organized <coughs> the majority of people who <coughs> only their labor to sell in order to survive. Right, Mr. James Matati as well on the line for me this morning. Your thoughts on, on the state of the unions in this country? My two other guests agree that there is a situation of crisis of legitimacy. Mr. Matati? Is Mr. Matati there? Right, I seem to have a problem uh, with a particular line. By the way, uh, of course, we'll welcome uh, comments, uh, 34701, 34701 also. Um, we will welcome comments through email at guala x at sabc.co.za, guala x at You raised a very important element, uh, uh, Mr. Terry Bell, just before we started the discussion, when you were talking about the unemployed. And, and whether or not the issue is these unions are able to reach out to the unemployed, are able to reach out to casual labor, for instance, and be able to put them within, you know, they reach? Well, the thing is, I think they haven't done enough. In many areas of the country, I mean, close to even a majority, perhaps, of workers are unemployed. And many, in some cases, most of these workers rely on income brought in by family members, friends, neighbors who are in work. You know, this is an informal social welfare net that operates in a land of plenty where millions starve. And it's here where the unions have played a very important role. Because if we look at all the available figures, unionized workers earn between 15 and 20% more than their non-unionized comrades. So that means that at least they're able to bring in a little bit more to help to sustain this vast army of the unemployed. Right. Let's see if we can get a view then from Mr. Mutazi. Yes, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks indeed. Uh, we had just a, a line problem a little earlier on. Just the, the, the issue broadly, though, is the state of unions in this country. There's a lot of there, there are concerns about what transpired in the Platinum Belt in Rustenburg, where you had workers saying, no, no, we're not willing to go through the NUM in particular, and that we're going to march and represent ourselves. Uh, and it has happened in companies such as Exaro as well, where unions are saying, no, we're not interested in the official dom of the union. We are going to represent ourselves. We work as that is. Yes, right. You see, uh, I think people need to to analyze the situation properly. Yeah. Uh, when you are organizing mine workers in particular, 
it's an industry which will take time to eradicate apartheid legacy in that in that industry. So the mine workers need a close service from uh, union leadership. You need to interact with the mine workers time and again because most of them can only read and write their uh, their own languages. Hmm. Now, they, they 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 cannot read the newspapers, which are written in English. Most of them in this country. So mass meetings, the medium of communication, should be the mass meetings consistently. You don't need to rely on either electronic or print media. All right. That's number one. Yeah. Then number two, I think the development which took place in the mining industry, uh, the leadership of the National Union of Mine Workers overlooked their own successes instead of translating those successes directly into their members. For instance, <clears throat> uh, the, the branch committee, uh, they negotiated that the branch committees needed to be full-time officials of the union, and which, if you ask me, there is nothing wrong with that. The problem now became when they also negotiated those uh, office bearers to be paid higher than what they used to get before they are elected. Then you created the situation where now professionals started to be uh, materialistic and be contested. All right, so there's a lot of materialism involved in that. But yes, there is a lot of materialism But it cuts across. Today. It's not just the branch uh, uh, officials that are accused of that, the, the, especially the, high, uh, the hierarchy of, of the unions. Uh, the, the, the top officials of the unions are now stand accused. They stand accused now of um, enriching themselves. Well, enriching themselves, how, Bolani, because... Look, if you look at, there is one thing which is very interesting. Uh, if you, you are becoming richer and richer, you will be seen. People will be saying, hey, James Mutati used to stay in a four-roomed house. Now he has moved from four-roomed house to something. What is happening? That's the first one. But the second one, one needs also to understand that <coughs> We, here today in South Africa, there are quite a number of things which are taking place. Uh, people, which I, I, I might subscribe with, are people who are taking more senior leadership in the other organizations. That one is a problem. The union, such as the National Union of Mine Workers, undoubtedly, you, you, you need the national leadership of which will devote more time servicing the mine workers yeah. than other organizations. Which, which, which clearly, about which clearly has not been happening. I, I doubt it. Which clearly may not have been happening in areas such as uh, Marikana, because then what we had were people, uh, was AMCO, for instance, moving into the space. Uh, why would a union started recently like AMCO take over from NUM? Is it because NUM is becoming irrelevant to those workers? Look, I, I think the, the, the Marikana uh, uh, issue, Kolani, uh, uh, needed to be looked at what had happened before. You see, there are quite a number of things which, for instance, that took place in Marigana, but not only in Marigana. If you, people are overlooking the debt uh, the Mashonis are sucker in the mining industry today. So anybody who can come and say, look, I will give you more than what other organization is giving you, they will move towards that individual. But I am saying to you, uh, one, Look at AMQ. I don't want to accuse uh, AMQ and to uh, uh, 
say AMCHU is irrelevant. I'm not going to do that. But will AMCHU be able to service those members? I doubt, Golan, uh, 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 I doubt. I suppose, as, as they say, the taste of the pudding is in the eating, is it not, Professor? Yeah, I think, look, I think James puts uh, clearly something onto the agenda, and that is that wage demands need to be uh, uh, sustainable, that actually you don't demand a set of wage increases today that may have long-term consequences and result in unemployment tomorrow. And I think that that is something that union officials have to think through. And one has to ask the question whether the 22% agreement that subsequently emerged in Longman, would that be sustainable in the medium to long term, and what does that mean for other people in the mining industry? So I think he's got a point there. But I do think that even uh, what he says suggests that there is a legitimacy crisis, and how we manage that legitimacy crisis is something that the union leadership has to deal with. Right, I'll open the lines. If I could come in there. Yeah, please do. I think one thing that Jason Mutati did say, he said how people move and, and <clears throat> from as he said, a forum house to Santon. I mean, James Matrazzi became the chair of Anglo Gold, which is a mining company. And, I mean, this is also causes resentment because mine workers may not be able to read English or may perhaps come from the CTC and speak only Sklasa. But the point is they're not stupid and they can think and they hear. They listen to radio programs in particular, which are in the various vernaculars. They listen to the news and they know what's going on. The problem here is communication, and Adam is totally correct here. People have to know what is sustainable, what is not. You can explain it. The fault lies both with the union and with management. Managements, and that includes Anglo, Lonman, the lot, have been very tardy about carrying out what one, one would call social responsibilities because, of course, they are driven entirely by the need to maximize profit. I understand that. However, one should look at who is responsible, one should analyse it, as James Matlatsi says, analyse it very clearly. Right, Mr Matlatsi, please respond then. Look, uh, let me say to you, well, partly I'm agree that. Look, communication, as I said, is important. Communication uh, which mine workers, including the employers, because I don't even wanted to play, to play mine, uh, the, 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 the National Union of Mine Workers only. Uh, mine workers are employees of the company. It, 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 it's a responsibility of the company also to make sure that their employees are well informed about the development of the industry. I have suggested to the industry before, after I have left the National Union of Mine Workers to say that now more than ever before, because we are in a democratic uh, dispensation, you need not only to communicate but also to educate your employees to understand your business mm. so that when a machine operator drills holes properly, must understand what would mean to the company, what would mean to the government, as, a, as, the, as the government will benefit from the tax, what would mean to him as an individual and to the community around the mining industry. Here is the collapse of the unions in the mining industry. It is because of the consequences mm-hmm. of not communicating Properly, right. I agree that the mine workers do listen to the radio. The mine workers do uh, look at the television. The mine workers are not stupid. Okay. The question is whether the information which were given to, to them were properly Just communicated, yes or no. I'm going to go to the lines in a minute, Mr. Matlatsi, but I would like you to, uh, yes. to also look at what uh, the professor raised a little earlier on. Political considerations. He says, for instance, that there, there seems to be political considerations and that unions spend a lot of their time uh, getting involved in tripartite alliance politics as opposed to serving their members. Colin, when I said it to... To, 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 when I was responding to your answer to your question earlier, I said, if you are a leader of the National Union of Mine Workers, you need to concentrate most of your time addressing the issues of mine workers. But do you agree? You need not to waste. Yes, I would agree with that. Look, for instance, look at what is happening to Kosato today. You see, 
What is happening to the, Musashi? The federation, mm-hmm. the federation is divided into two. And if you look at it, you will find either people are for and or against. I said earlier to my comrade, as early as 19, as early as year 2007, look, I personally, I supported Mushalos. I thought that uh, it was uh, a political assault on him. Mm-hmm. But I said to them, as an organization, within another organization, you can't say we support so and so. You have to support the policies within one with another uh, organization. You don't need to support an individual. And I even say to them, would you like ANC to say one day in Kosovo, we want the so-and-so to be elected the president? You see, I don't really think that approach is good. It's not good within alliance. As an organization, any Kosato uh, uh, affiliate has got a right to hmm. say we want the so-and-so as a president and general secretary of Kosato. Okay. I don't think it's right for them to say we want the so-and-so to be secretary general of ANC and all SACP. I don't think that it's right. All right. Well, I've got a couple of calls already. Uh, let me start with Malisela. Malisela speaks for, for the South African Communist Party. Malisela, good morning. Morning, Polani. Uh, I just uh, got disturbed by a comment that's been made, and which I think is a comment that gets repeated recklessly without being backed up, that the problem in the unions is the SACP, uh, which I think is the void of truth, but uh, not only the void of truth uh, because of uh, the comment being made, but also the distortion of the role of the SACP and what the organization stands for. So I just thought it's important that we clarify those things. We've got no less than... Uh, in the leadership collective of uh, 40 uh, members of the Central Committee, no less than five uh, unionists, only three of those are serving uh, leaders in their respective uh, affiliates. Okay. Okay, Marisela Maliga, thank you very much. Uh, also, I've got the, the uh, Secretary General of the, SAS, of the ANC, uh, Mr. Guadamandash, who's called. And remember that he made that comment a while ago about trade unions, COSATU, uh, being on a dangerous downward slope. Mr. Mandash, thank you, thank you for calling. Hello, Polani. I'm in a bad area. I'm in the first state, going to a major rally. Yes. Uh, I want to make just a few points, uh, Polani, and I will listen in the radio. Yes, please. The first one is that I don't think the issue is whether trade union leaders are in political formation. That debate was there in the early 1990s. It was called to the, the, the many health debates. Uh, you can go to your archive, you pull out articles written by Jeremy, by Snuggers, Kalal, and many. That is irrelevant. Hmm. What is important is that if you are an activist, you are elevating your consciousness from narrow trade union consciousness that makes you workerist into a class consciousness where you appreciate that you are a trust as a person, you are exploited as a worker. Once you understand that issue, you will begin to know that what you do in the workplace has a serious implication for society. Mm. So I don't think we should buy this debate of trade union leaders not participating in other formations. The second point I want to make is that you must pay time in servicing members. Mm-hmm. You must pay time in servicing members. And your membership to other organizations, there's a stop you there. James Mukas was my president, I was his organizer. Mm-hmm. I traveled every corner of this country in a 1.4 car while I was very active in the civic movement in the UDS and ultimately in the party. But it didn't stop me from servicing well in the union. Mm. The reality of the matter is, whatever space where the material considerations do influence the behavior of people and conducting positions. And you can do your research. I wonder, Adam, to do this research. If you go to those mines, what they call 22% increase in Maricana was actually what was negotiated by the NUM, topped up by 1.5% in the previous bargaining. Hmm. But to circulate it, it was blown out of proportion and people claim something new when it was actually topping up and negotiated 
agreement by the union. So research must be honest and objective and not try to, 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 to take a dig on Kosato unions because it is fashionable today. Right, Gwede thank you very much for uh, calling us, uh, of course, on the way to the Free State to address a May Day rally then. What I'll do is, the lines are open, and I'm going to ask my guests as well to respond to the calls that we've received from the SACP as well as the ANC, uh, the ANC Secretary General, Gwede Mantashe. Mike Kinulens is on the line, Sigim Randberg as well, a couple of other people are calling me, SMS is 34701. I'll also be looking at your emails at guala.sabc.co.za. Let's update your news, though, uh, with Aureli Kalenga. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. Talking about the state of the unions in this country, labor movement, what is going on there, and taking your thoughts. Remember my guest on the program, Mr. James Mutlazi. He is the former president of the National Union of Mine Workers, uh, also joined by Professor Adam Habib, vice-chancellor at Wits University, as well as Terry Bell, labor analyst. Perhaps, uh, Professor Habib, your response to uh, what Mr. Mantashi just said. Well, I think there's two things. I think Mr. Mantasha is right to say that uh, unionists should not be necessarily excluded from political formations. I wasn't saying that at all. Uh, And I think uh, particularly people like myself are very distressed about what is happening in Kosato and the legitimacy crisis of unions. But I do think he has to acknowledge that it's not simply a one-way street, that as much as unions can be, unionists can be involved in political formations. They must be worried about not letting political formations and the divisions of political formations infect the union movement. Mm-hmm. Today, COSATU is a very, very divided organization. There is the president of COSATU and the general secretary of COSATU at loggerheads with each other, and one side is trying to get rid of the other side. And there is a real threat of a split in the trade union federation. And that threat has to do with the fact that Kosatu is seen, or at least elements of Kosatu are seen, as too critical of the ANC. The divisions of the ANC are effectively dividing the union movement and could undermine the representation of workers in this country. That's the real tragedy of, uh, of, of state of affairs at this moment, and that's something that Greater Mantasha and uh, Sudumo from Kosatu and Zulanzima Vavi have to sit down and say, Do, are we prepared to have the Union Federation divided in this kind of way because some people in the ANC don't like a critical discourse coming out from Kosato. I think that's something that they should be very worried about. I don't think it's, I think it's true that also the, the issue of Marikane and the, and the wage negotiations are something that is much more complex. But we have to take into account, as James Moletsi said, we need to think that the wage demands we make are sustainable in the long term for the industry. And that's something that we have to take cognizance of. I, I'm not taking digs at Kosato. I'm particularly distressed. I think the union movement is very, very crucial for the representation of workers and for an inclusive developmental agenda to emerge in this country. And the SACP, Mr. Bell, thinks that uh, your, your take on their role here is wrong. No, no, not at all. You see, the point is I also, like Adam, I do not disagree. I think everybody is a political person. Everyone has a right to uh, align themselves with whatever political party. However, I take the view that unions are unite workers as workers, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, or political belief. And when you have the Communist Party that it's expressed MTV, and that has nothing to do with music, it has, stands for medium-term vision, which actually states that party members, and okay, three of the Central Committee are members, leading members of, of unions, but the other um, members of the Kosatu CEC, the majority of them are still members of that party, which adheres to the MTV, the medium-term vision of the party, which says it is the role of the Communist Party to take leadership roles in all elements of society, government, parliament, trade unions, etc., because they believe that they are, this is their route towards what they see as socialism. Now, I've nothing, I've no objection with whatever route they want to choose, but this smells of manipulation, and it is actually manipulative. The only reason, really, that Kosatu remains a member of the alliance, I'm not, in, I'm not opposed to individual leaders, even unions supporting particular political parties. The reason that they're part of the alliance is because of the Communist Party's fundamental dogma, its ideology about the way forward. Now, it would be much better, surely, for Kosati, which has diametrically opposite uh, economic, macroeconomic policies, etc., to those of government, 
they're constantly facing this contradiction sure. where they end up now opposing various things and, and when they do they seem to be against the government and then get accused of being counter-revolutionary, etc. The very divisions Adam mentions are a result of this political manipulation and the fact that Kosatu has got itself into an incredible contradiction which they can't resolve unless mm. they step aside. Is that, unfortunately, that, it's weakening the unions. Is that what you think the ultimate solution would be? James Mutsadzi, step aside Kosatu out of the tripartite alliance? Because the question is, how does Kosatu remain a political animal without uh, getting uh, entangled in the political factions of the tripartite alliance? Well, very simply, Kosatu can stand aside and say, these are our policies, as they put forward in as far back as 1996, um, basically an idea that redistribution should lead to growth rather than what the government has followed ever since, which is growth, economic growth leading to redistribution the other way around. They could say, right, we will support any political party that supports this particular policy, and they'd have much more leverage, I would argue, to get their way than by being caught up within a party where many of their, the members of both the Communist Party and Krasatu are in government and, and, and in cabinet as well, supporting policies which are diametrically opposed. And that brings it back to um, Gwedi Mantash's talk about the three hats argument. So they're sitting there, they're opposed as Krasatu, as SACP members, to, for example, uh, the economic policy, e-tolling, whatever. Hmm. But when they're in government, they support it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Well, Mr. Mitsatsi, I'm going to ask you to respond, but let me take Sig and Randberg. He's been holding for a while. Sig, good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm amazed that, that all these experts that you've got there have not noticed that South Africa has got an entirely new dispensation that is rearing its ugly head, and it's a very ugly head, and it reared it at Marikana. It's, it's an entirely new labor movement imported by, by uh, international socialist movement, which, 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 by, which, which is funding, uh, which was funding Marikana strikers. Uh, and which is hostile to Kusatu and its traditional trade unions. We've got a whole new uh, uh, alliance which is fighting the entire ANC and and Kusatu and SACP alliance, and 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 it's an imported movement which comes from uh, Scandinavia and mm. Ireland and all these places, and uh, they are the people who who fomented this uh, unorganized so-called unorganized spontaneous strike. They funded it. They kept these strikers out for three months with foreign money, and now they formed a political party to oppose the ANC-SACP alliance on the political front as well. This is a major uh, 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 wedge they're driving into our political future as well as our labor future. Okay. And they have murdered people to achieve this, and, and uh, as is evident from the ten murders which preceded uh, okay. the, the Marikana shootings. All right. and. And, and, and they are going on and on, and, and uh, they even killed, I believe, they even killed uh, the, the, the witch doctor, what, what was this guy, who was, who was organizing the strikers at Marikana. He was murdered in a very highly organized takeout, which, like, which is like a Chicago mafia takeout, and this was organized by international international socialist movement people. All right, well, uh, if, there, if there's somebody who's a member of that movement, please give me a call. What do you think about what Sig has just said? I'm going to ask my guest to respond there as well. 0891 Mike in Newlands, hello. Hello, good morning, Skolani. Yeah, Thanks hi, for welcome. taking my call. Thank welcome. you. Uh, in, excellent and interesting debate. I always wonder if Gwedi Matashi actually weighs to the poor as he drives past uh, in his luxury car this morning on his way to his meeting. Uh, my, my question, I'm not going to touch on the abuse of, of money, but Kasadi, we've dealt with that. There's a lottery fund they help themselves to, and the fact that one gentleman gets 1.4 million a year, and Patrick Chapman gets about 85,000 rand a month. We've dealt with that. My, my feeling about the day is this should be the unemployment day. This should be the day when we have unemployed people in the studio, not unions. People who pay dues, they, they get the union they deserve. If they don't like the union, they don't pay the money. But just down the road from me, there's about 90 people sitting on the street corner. They've been there last week. They've been there last month, and they'll be probably there last year and the year before. 
Nobody's talking about them. This should be the day of the unemployed. This is the day that we should have those people in your studio, and we should have experts looking at how can we employ these people. And I've often say, you know, we blackmailed you. I would like to start a business with those 90 people. I have the expertise and the knowledge and to some extent the money, but I can't pay them what the unions will demand that I pay. So consequently, they are forced to sit there and live off the handouts and, and, you know, whatever people can give them in the street. Now, is this is right. Is it right that I can't start a business, pay these guys 50 rand a month, which is 50 rand more, uh, sorry, 50 rand a day, which is 50 rand more than they have? Why should I be allowed... I would be shut down. It's not acceptable. This, this, this whole debate is so sad because it just deals with the people who have got something and not the 20 million who've got absolutely nothing. Thank All you, right. Delaney. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Let's find out what people think then. 891 uh, A couple of SMSs here. Somebody says, um, workers are often exploited, but to be a worker is not exploitation. What a toxic mindset. Bad for workers. Sue uh, sent us that SMS. Also another one. Communist claim it hasn't failed, but our socialist state has failed like all the others. Anthony. Uh, there's also somebody who says, um, it is not only the crisis of legitimacy, but also the crisis of leadership. What do you expect? The president of NUM is paid a million bucks by Anglo Gold Ashanti. Uh, and Franz Baleni by another mining company, the only legitimate leader left is Vavi, that's Jomo, at Matlosana, who sent us that SMS. Kosatu, NUM, blah, blah, blah. It's us leaders, never mind the workers. That's according to Maggie in Cape Town. Also, a couple of emails. There's one from Sese today. He said, unions no longer represent the interest of the poor, working people. Employees have faith in unions. Our union leaders do not know the essence of a, a bargaining council. That's Jay Pusinovuyo Edujwa who sent us that um, uh, email. Let's, let's go back then to Mr. Mutlansi again. Um, a, a lot has been said. Perhaps let me just take you back to what Mr. Mandasha was saying, and it's something that you touched on, but he also raises it. Material consideration, he says, is a big problem. It, it seems to be the elephant in the room. It may very well also be, some may argue, be part of the reason why there are factions with in Kosatu at the moment. How do you deal with it? Well, uh, I think, Colonel, let me say to you, uh, first of all, the, the leadership of the trade union movement needed to accept that the, pro- the present problem, they have played a role as a leader. They have to accept that if they wanted to go to move forward and uh, regain the territory they have lost. They have to agree that we messed up here and we need now to go to the drawing room to correct that. That's it. Now, the second one, the differences will be there between the labor movement and the political party, not only here in South Africa, even within the countries where they have formed the, the labor parties. There will always be differences between the Labour Party in government and British PUC as a federation. Now, it's how to deal with those differences. Hmm. Here, the problem we are facing, if you ask me, uh, always I am attacked by the way and the manner in which the tripartite alliance deals with the differences. If we are in alliance, we need not to attack one another publicly. Even before we can sit down and iron out our differences and agree about the issues we disagree. There are issues we have to agree to disagree. The problem we are having is everybody goes to the media, say whatever he or she wants to say, and create an attitude to other people. I think if I needed to advise the alliance for which I am part of it, being a member of the African National Congress. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, comrades, stop attacking one another publicly before you can sit down and deal with the difference. But, but Mr. Matlazi, that, some may argue, is, is treating the symptom again, and that's not the root cause. Deal with the root causes. Uh, the only reason why people go out in, the, in public and attack each other is actually the end result of what had happened prior. Deal with the, 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 the contradictions that are there within the unions. Hold on. I said earlier that if you look at one of the problems which ultimately NUM faced in the mining industry, it was the negotiation, it was its own successes. It became materialistic. 
problem we are having today, we cannot run away from it. Material gain. As long as whatever what we are doing, at the end we will gain materially, it will always be a problem. Mantanti said uh, that he, he worked under my leadership. He would be traveling from corner to corner. Mm. Yes, during those days, there was no, there was no material gains. The commitment to the cause. Quite a number of people today, leaders, are not committed to the cause. They are saying, what comes first is fine and my family. Look, to be quite honest to you, if you are elected a leader and then in be- and becoming a number one leader, if you started to say, what is in for me and my children, you are not supposed to be in that position. Because if you are elected a leader, what you need to do is what is in for my members, what is in for my organization. Sure. If it's political, it's what is in. Not what is in for me and my children. That is wrong. The leaders who are holding positions, senior positions, who are saying, what is in for me and my children? I think what we needed to do, we needed to deal with that. Okay. Right. People today are going up and down, talking a lot of things so that people must elect them. After they are elected, they are become richer and richer and richer with their family. We are not the true leaders we want in this country. All right, richer and richer. Let's find out what people think. Edwin in George. Good morning, Edwin. Very good morning. Look, Hi. let's ask each other and ourselves, do we love our country? Do we love our families? Let's forget isms. Let's start union meetings with a, a commitment to the country and to our families and to a good citizen. If you like, with a, a prayer and a handshake and get on and pull things together instead of being subject to vested interests and uh, governments which government agencies which are bribed by big business, we're all human beings. We all have the right to earn and deserve and to do our best. Let's say, I insist on doing my best and let the kids have a hymn and a prayer in the morning. I've never known any harm coming from that. It's better than giving them condoms. Right, Edwin, thank you. Patrick and Whitbank, hello. Hi, Tulani, how are you? I'm good, welcome. Great, man. Tulani, you know what? I agree with the, 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 the one of your panelists who just spoke now before the caller. Tulani, I'll just give you one example. Mm-hmm. Eh? If you can look around, especially in the mines, eh? we've got the problem of the labor brokers. And if you go and look, who is mostly people who are, are, are benefiting out of those labor brokers, eh? is the people who were former union members, union leaders. Example, in the mine that I work for, that I won't mention by the name, is we had a time where we had a secretary and a chairperson out of the blue just left the members unattended by, a, I mean, just all of a sudden they joined, uh, what do you call, they, they, they started their own company and they, 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 all of a sudden tomorrow they, they were these people who are already having a, a labor broker company in, in, in the very same company that we were for. When we asked them, comrades, what is happening? They said, no, comrades, mm. I don't know what to say that in English. Well, the benefit. members were left unattended. Mm. Can you imagine losing the very key people, a chairperson and the secretary of the union? Right. That's I think all I wanted to say. To all that. right. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Philip is in KZN. Good morning, Philip. Yes, Tolani. Hi. You know, Tolani, my, my problem uh, uh, with uh, uh, consultative unions today is one, uh, that uh, is there still a common enemy, like uh, before 1994? Uh, that's my question. Number two is the question of a, uh, of a shift of management of the union from uh, chief shop stewards who are their presidents to general secretaries who eventually form their own cabal uh, 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 with an aim of protecting their huge tanks at the expense of the workers, thus negating the voice of the workers. That's what has happened with Kosato, and that guy who's in his student representing the union will attest to this. They have amended their constitutions in order to entrench general secretary's authority against the leading shop stewards who represent who are a voice of the workers. Then lastly, 
is a, 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 to me is a failure by the political authority to chart a way forward that will actually then have an impact in the transformation of the economy. Such then, cause Sadu then nothing for that particular objective, and then cause Sadu thinking that through wage increases it can be able to compensate the gap which has been created and left unattended by the political leadership, which is very much impossible. Okay. Philip, thank you. Philip and KZN. Uh, I, I've got time to take more calls on 891 Let me read you some SMSs there as well. Um, there's Anne who says, it's time South Africa gets unions to think that, um, okay, to get unions that think about what is good for the country, that unions must think about what is good for the country. That's N on SMS. Also, somebody says, Daniel in Port Elizabeth, during strikes, do union leaders also forgo their salaries, or is it just the workers who suffer the losses here? Uh, also, somebody, I want to know uh, from your guests, what do they think where the unions would fulfill their role uh, the best to look at the issues of the poor that have in the, that they have in this country, the NGP of Minister Patel or the NDP of Minister Manuel, uh, Rowan and George. All right, let me start with the professor. Professor, there was a question raised by one of my callers a little earlier on about whether we should be spending today really reflecting on the plight of the unemployed. What do you think? Well, I think we should be reflecting on the plight of the unemployed. I think that's without question. But I do think that people have approached this debate in a very cynical way. There's a whole range of people who are associated either with business uh, private intermediaries, or economists who are on the payroll of big business, who suddenly have begun to attack unions, saying that they do not represent the interests of the poor and are marginalized, and they seem to create the impression that big business has, has that interest. So it's, it's a bit of an irony when people in Santon start uh, accusing the people in Alexandra and Soweto for not representing the unemployed as if the people in Santon represent the unemployed. And I think that that's the approach. Uh, that's the problem with the approach. I think if we want to be serious about the debate, we have to start asking questions about how do we strike the balance between, on the one hand, ensuring that we create an enabling environment for business so that more and more people can be employed mm-hmm. without going to where business wants to, which is get rid of minimum wage, get rid of minimum conditions of service, etc., so that we have no rules and people can pay the most atrocious wages in the world. I think we must also say that there is a constitution, and that constitution has very, very clear rights that people are obliged to respect, and employees must do so. So the question is not whether we should get rid of the Labor Relations Act and minimum wage. The question is how do we create an enabling environment where we can grow the economy simultaneously as we respect rights. And I think there big business and small business that needs to come to the table, but I also think the unions need to come to the table. The unions need to be far more pragmatic than they have, and I think there are ways to do that, and there hasn't been sufficient conversation on how to strike a balance between creating an enabling environment for growth and for respecting the rights of, employ- of the employment. And the pr- problem I have is that the, the debate at the moment is one or the other, hmm. rather than how we do the both. And, and that may mean, Mr. Terry Bell, that unions uh, reorientate themselves, that they, they take a step back and say, well, given the different conditions now that prevail, perhaps we should, we should reorientate ourselves with how, how we approach these issues. I don't think they, they ever have taken a different attitude. I think there's always been this. The problem that it's arisen has been interference. You have, let's face facts, bosses will try to undermine unions, bribe them, etc., bribe individuals, pay individuals. Political parties and various sects will try to manipulate them as well. So they're subject always to those sorts of pressures. But I think overall unions, and this is why I think transparent, open discussion and negotiation is essential, not keeping it in the family, as James Matlatsi seems to say, keep it you know, behind closed doors. No, let's have open discussion. Unions have found, I mean, for example, uh, in the case of the garment and textile workers, there are more than 200 different agreements <coughs> just at one level of machinists because of discussion with individual factories, individual producers, etc. So it is fairly flexible. When you get down and you discuss, it can be done. Admittedly, at the moment, we suffer from a period of economic crisis, not just nationally but globally, and unfortunately, the pinch is being felt all round. So I know the unions need to think, of course, 
in terms of times when, not so long ago, leaders of the unions earned no more than the highest paid worker. Mm. And that all their benefits, all their wage increases, were geared to those won by the workers. And when workers went on strike, the union leaders went on strike. This doesn't apply today. We've had the bureaucratization of the unions needs to be looked at. It's part of the reflection that's necessary. Fantastic. Let me take one last call then before I get Mr. Mutlatsa as well to wrap up. Mr. Mutlatsa, I'll be with you in a minute. Tabo? Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. You're most welcome. Um, yes. Yeah. I'd like to say uh, the notion that uh, unemployed people can be employed if they accept 50 rent a day salary is actually uh, taking back the very struggle that uh, the unions are fighting to give people decent salary. I don't think people should be taking rent on because of their poverty situation and their disability situation as unemployed people to enter a cheap market uh, situation. Okay. Because what they produce should be, uh, they should be paid according to the value they add, not according to what uh, the master decides uh, as uh, Karl Marx has argued it in dialectical materialism. Lastly, I would like to say uh, the principal position of leaders, uh, not necessarily that I agree with every point that he says, but uh, to not participate in leadership structures of uh, political formations while he is uh, holding a leadership position in uh, a trade union, in trade union, uh, means that he cannot have divided uh, attention, one, and that he wouldn't have divided uh, interest. Okay. So I think it should, it should just go that when you are a union leader, as you take in politics as an individual, but not as a whole uh, leadership position, because not every member that you represent would necessarily vote or support the party which yeah. you support. All right, Tabo, thank you very much. Let me ask Mr. Mutlatsi to wrap up. There's an SMS here, Mr. Mutlatsi, that says to me, if you cannot beat them, then join them. Capitalists, ask Ramaphosa. What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to respond to that. But um, what I would like to respond to, to, to say, for instance, is that I would like you, for instance, uh, after the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, to find out where Peter Flack is and Bennett Sonapur. And then get Halima Motante, Kwede Mandachi, and James Motachi. Ask these five guys, how did they save 35,000 jobs in, in Virginia in early 90s? And then, again, get Kwede Mandachi, get Zenzene Zogwana, get James Motachi, and get Bobby Godson. And say, guys, how did you save 85,000 jobs in 1999? Hmm. Then if we can take it from there, we will also be able to build up as to whether how are we going to find answers to unemployment today. In NUM, as I was the president of NUM, I think during those days we have got a history of saving jobs in the mining industry. I don't want to bring it here. I gave you the name, get hold of those guys and say, Guys, how did you save 35,000 jobs in Virginia? And how did you save 85,000 jobs? Well, the other question. No, no, it's a fair point. It's a fair point.